720 WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Youth in for Justin Kaufman tonight. Be with you until 9 o'clock, after which time uh, John Hansen and Esmeralda Leon will be in. So we're just going to split up that show, but they're super great, so you want to stick around for that for sure. Well, in the style of Justin Kaufman, we are going to do what he does on Friday evenings, and that is review the news of the week. We are going to have some very special guests in studio with us here very shortly to talk about some of the big stories, the under uh, underplayed stories, or maybe the stories we didn't see enough of, or maybe that got missed a bit, or maybe people just took the wrong angle. A lot of times the story's out there, but the narrative is all wrong. So we're going to be talking about all that kind of stuff tonight. So if you would like to call in with one of those stories as we go category by category, 312-981-7200. And, of course, you can find me on social media, Amy G-U-T-H, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the good stuff. You can do that instead of calling if you're feeling shy or whatever. Um, so, uh, esteemed producer Cash, thanks for being with us tonight. It's good to work with you at long last. Of course. Yeah, we, uh, we like, barely missed each other last time we were in here together I know, so it's nice been, to work with you like ships passing in the night in the halls yeah. but finally we work together yes finally <laughs> at long last so how are you how's it going this week um well this week's going pretty well uh i'm a dj so i uh made oh. this really different kind of post on twitter and it got a lot of retweets and i got some dj gigs from it so okay yeah so what do you mean a different kind of post like you put like your skills I, out there in a different way yeah like i made an epk on my own okay. and then i just posted that and people just started retweeting it so oh. yeah shout out to twitter so big week for you on that front. oh yeah that's definitely. fun yeah. and exciting i know i'm keeping you from the phone <laughs> no it's fine yeah let me, let me grab that real quick okay it's all good well so um my week's been going pretty well i'm the president of the local chapter of association for women journalists here in chicago and uh, we had our big thank you david we had our big uh we had our, our, our big summer event last night which is really fun um we we've gained another male member which is exciting i mean we've always said you know we don't have to be female to to join. You can. We have all genders are welcome, and uh, we have a new male member, which is really cool. And so we had the big event last night, and uh, it was at the uh, the Keith House, which is a beautiful historic home uh, down South Prairie. It's very very beautiful. So we were all there doing that. But the thing that I'm very excited about um, that we we launched something that's been a, I, I was gonna say a couple years, several years in the making, uh, and that is the uh, Chicago Women's Journalism Hall of Fame has been launched officially, which I'm really excited about. And so we're going to be announcing uh, Hall of Fame inductees, and we're going to be um, adding some... um some kind of like a, a one-off kind of award, things like that for people as they're uh, doing cool things. But we have a long way to look into the past to, to kind of catch that list up because there's been awesome women in journalism in Chicago for a very long time doing lots of cool stuff. So, But it's cool to have that uh, that out in the world. You can, if you would like to... Um, help me copy edit the website I built really quickly, <laughs> you can head to, it's, it is cwjhof.org, or you can just go chicagowomensjournalism.org. You can check that out and see my web building skills in action. But I'm excited to have that up and out in the world and, and doing its thing because I think it's long overdue that we had something like that. And uh, I think we can all agree now it's a very important time, more than ever, for journalism to exist. So that's all That's all good. Going on. That's that's been on my radar, and I'm one of those people. Cash, I don't know about you. I'm one of those people that like if I have a an event or a big thing, 
on the horizon, I can't see anything past that. Yeah, no, definitely not. I'm like, that's the day that I have <laughs> yeah. to focus on. I and focus once that on. once that day hits and it's done, then we can look at what's coming up right. next. Then I can look at all the other things. But like right. right now, I'm just so I was just focused on last night, and it was a really great night, and and there was like all my favorite people were there, and um, and lots of new friends were there, lots of new members, some new um, women that have moved to Chicago to start their journalism careers. So it's all very exciting. That's nice. It was all good. That's awesome. Me and my friends are talking about how we don't feel like there's enough women representation in, like, different anywhere. fields. Like, yeah, <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, anywhere, pretty much, yeah. But, like, especially, like, with journalism and, like, radio, TV, like, there's really just not enough women. So to hear that you have a website now, this is fantastic. Well, the organization's been around for a while, but the uh, the website for the Hall of Fame, that, that's the new part that we're all really gotcha. excited about. But you should come to an event. Like, come I'll show. have to, yes. Yeah. It's exciting. It's a, it's a mighty little organization, but we do a lot with a little, so it's all good. All right, so we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to get into the news of the week, week in review. We're going to we're going to pay homage to the thing that Justin Coffin normally does on Friday nights, but we're going to do it Amy Guth style. We're going to do a twist on it with a couple of different categories, things like that. So we'll have some very special guests in studio with us. So we're going to take a little break. <laughs> WGN. It's Amy Guth and for Justin Kaufman. Thanks for being with us tonight. I'll be back with you tomorrow at noon for the Wintrust Business Lunch and then 7 to 9 tomorrow night for the Saturday night special where you can always find me. Big show planned for you there. So as per usual, Justin Kaufman does the weekend review on Fridays, and he looks at all the stories from the week, and he has guests in studio with him, and far be it from me to change tradition. So that is exactly what I'm going to be doing. And we have some special guests joining us tonight. Deborah Douglas is here with us now, and Veronica Ariola is on her way any second. And we're going to be talking about some of the big headlines. And... You know, Deborah, what's interesting to me about uh, this moment that we're in uh, in the world is it seems like when you make a list like that of the big stories of the week, as soon as you you hit print, something else happens and you have a new <laughs> you have a new list. Things change so quickly. Just here in the last uh, last part of the day, we have seen the resignation of Sean Spicer, and that has um, suddenly blown up the interwebs. Absolutely, yes. So that's uh, the I mean, the, stu- the pieces of that story even are just kind of interesting because it sounds like it was a very contentious thing. He, he didn't know he was going. No. Well, nothing like having your replacement hired to let you know. You're it's out. nice to know he stood up for himself. Yeah, and, there's and, that. Yeah. And, and the reporting is that Ivanka and Jared were the ones who were pushing for Scaramucci to take over as communications director. Oh, that's interesting. Other oh. senior White House staffers reportedly did not find out until the president had already made the decision that Scaramucci was his guy. So... Hey. So there's that. <laughs> Maybe we should call him Scary Moochie. There's that. I, you know, immediately when I heard that name, um, I immediately went to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I looked at him and I was a little scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that. There, there's a little of that going on. So um, how are you? 
I'm fine. I Thank haven't you. seen you in ages. Yeah, just kidding. 24 <laughs> hours. I know. It's been 24 whole hours since I saw you at the aforementioned event I was just talking about on the other side of the break. Um, so that was very fun, and I'm super excited to get the Hall of Fame launched and all that good stuff. Thank and you for that. I'm Hey, I, it, it took way too long. <laughs> it took far too long, but it's been years in the making, and I'm excited that it's finally out in the world because there's so many awesome women that have been. Absolutely killer things in Chicago journalism that I cannot wait to honor and talk about and and it'll be like a living museum on the website yeah well they're super and magical because of for reasons we don't even know that's right for jobs that aren't even defined and and I love the idea of I mean there's I'm always hearing about women in, in earlier journalism eras that did you know, things that, you know, your lives, like our lives and jobs are so much easier now because Absolutely. of some terrible uphill thing, you know. Yep. Um, there's even, there's a really interesting YouTube video. It's long. It's like 45 minutes long. It's called Trees to Tribunes. And it's a it's an old black and white film. And I think it's from maybe 1938 or so. I mean, it's a while. And it's it starts in the logging town that the Tribune used to own at the top of the Great Lakes and shows all these guys sawing trees down and turn them into paper and all this going through the factory and then it gets on these boats and it gets taken to the back loading dock then it gets on a train then goes to the back loading dock of the tribune and it's a really fascinating thing it shows you from tree to you know newsstand and it's really cool but but it's interesting when it when it shows a shot of the newsroom it is a bunch of (laughs) a bunch of white guys all the same age smoking cigarettes with fedoras bottles Right, there's a lot of the same guys sitting there. And then there's a couple of women you can see at one point there sitting on the sides answering the phones. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, okay, we've come pretty far. We've come pretty far. So yeah. But anyway, lots to get into, lots to talk about. When when um when you think of, of just kind of the big story of the week, where do you where do you go first? I, I had a couple of thoughts, but I, I'm already shifting. I think the spicer story is a pretty good one. Yeah, the spicy story is pretty spicy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Before that, I would say the R. Kelly story and yeah. all of the work that uh, Jim DeRogatis did on that story. Yeah. The fact that he continues to dig deep and to uncover more. And the fact that the public conversation around the way we treat women um, has evolved since uh, DeRo first wrote the story with yeah. Abdin Palash at the Sun-Times. Yeah. Actually, um, I started at the Sun-Times the day that our lawyers were looking at that uh, information that Dero brought to us. So Wow. Yeah, yeah. And my editors were like, well, did you look at it? And I'm like, that's not a knowledge of something I want to share with you. Right. You being you and me being me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it just, just gauging the reaction to it and realizing how much R. Kelly has doubled down on some aspects of his quirky personality. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting how some of the headlines have kind of, like, the sync pieces have been, like, is R. Kelly done for good? I was like, uh, I think R. Kelly's been done. Yeah. Like, he, 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 yeah, he's been out. He's been on the out for a while. He wasn't in danger of coming back. He's just back in the news. But he keeps making music. And he does. And people keep buying the music. And, and then they're caught between this tension of how um, good the music sounds and how it makes you move and, and reckoning with this individual and, and his issues. Yeah. yeah, I think that's an interesting one that comes up a lot, right? We see that when, I mean, we saw that even recently with, with Wonder Woman because she had served in the Israeli army. And so some people felt like, I don't want to support that film. And some people were like, now I'm definitely going to support that film. Right. Just based on where their, you know, tensions and, and opinions 
minds and thoughts lied about uh, about the Middle East. Right. And and we see that all the time. But we saw that with um, was it Manchester by the Sea with Casey Affleck yes. had stuff and people like the rape allegations. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you know I think there are kind of two narratives emerge. One quickly comes up with well this is about this is about the movie not the person and then the other one's like well but but by going to the movie you're paying the person. That's true. And supporting and endorsing him. Yeah. Even if it's not what it appears to be. <laughs> Like if you gave him the, all the benefit of the doubt, yeah, you would think that that he would live his life above board, um, overcorrecting from some of the previous accusations. But it doesn't seem like it really has um, worried him that much. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I think we saw that a little bit with sports too. Particularly, I'm thinking of Michael Vick when you know when all that went down about the dog fighting. I think a lot of people were like, well. Do we keep going to games and support? Like when he came back after that, it was like, I think I knew some people that were kind of struggling between, well, he paid his debt. He went to jail. Yes, but he still did it. I can't support someone who did dog fighting. And, you know, people get, I mean, I think there's something to be said for that because you can't separate the the work from the person. But then there's other conversation uh, in in some other corridors that says, well, why do we value the, the life of a dog over human beings? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there's that. I mean, you know, that's an interesting point, right? Because even the way we talked about, um, the way we talk about domestic violence issues that come up with athletes a lot, we, we, I think we, in some ways, took the Michael Vick conversation more seriously than we we did. We did, totally. Than like the Ray Rice one in some ways. Although I think Ray Rice, that that conversation was a pivotal one in the NFL. Because because we had such compelling evidence. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Oh, it's a lot. I think the R. Kelly one is a really good point, though. And uh, and it is a it is a it is a tough one. Um, David Jennings, what would you say your your top story of the week is? I would say the shooting of the Australian woman last week, mm-hmm. and today's resignation of the chief of police. Yeah, I who saw that. has lost the confidence of the mayor, and according to mayor, lost the confidence of the community, and all the stuff relating to that, because this is one. Um, that is going to have to be dealt with in a very diff- a different way because it's not the standard, oh, gee, another black man got shot, yawn. Um, this one is, okay, she looks like us. So you're saying you think it has to be dealt with a different way or it will be different? I think it will be dealt with in a very different way, and I'll be very curious to see how the decisions move forward from here in terms of, well, was the officer justified? Coincidentally, said officer has chosen not to talk to anyone. Right. So, hmm, I'm curious to see how this is going to be dealt with. I agree that it will be handled differently, but I also don't have much confidence that this story will be connected to Black Lives Matter and, and, and that narrative also. Yeah, that's what I wonder about, too, that I, I, I don't know that the, the dots will be connected. Um, with- I don't see how you cannot connect the dots. It's like this was one of those deals where someone who shouldn't have such a low threshold of fear apparently panicked and overreacted drastically right well with lethal consequences right well i think there's a lot of conversations to be had about police and community relations right now i mean i think those are those are important ones and then there are nuances and and conversations about class and race and all these other issues that come up really quickly when we talk about them i love that phrasing low threshold of fear thank you for that language
Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> He's full of good, good comments like that. He's a very quotable man, that David Jennings. All right, Amy Guth in for Justin Kaufman, and we are doing a weekend review. We're looking at all the big stories, the under-discussed and over-discussed, the weird stories that sent us down a rabbit hole. And Justin Kaufman does this every week, but we're doing it our own way. We're gonna we're gonna throw in a couple of other categories just to make it the Amy Guth way. So that's what we're gonna do. Veronica Ariola is here. Deborah Douglas is here. We are gonna sort it all out and talk about. All the things here in just a bit. Seven twenty WGN. Hello, it's Amy Guth in for Justin Kaufman with you till nine o'clock. And in true Kaufman style, we're going to be doing the news of the week, week in review, looking at all the headlines that made the week what it was. Um, only we're going to do it Amy, the Amy Guth way with a couple of different questions than he would normally ask, different categories. So we're going to be getting into that. We have in studio with us Veronica Ariola, who is the director of UIC's Latinos in Science office, and Deborah Douglas, who is a super awesome journalist right here in Chicago and Northwestern professor here to talk about all the things. So, so Veronica, right before you got here, we were already starting to dig into, because we could not wait another second, we uh, started to dig into a little bit of what the top stories were uh, in our minds. And, uh, you know, Deborah named R. Kelly as a big one. I think that's a very good point. Um, David Jennings and you know, Sarah's in News named, uh, uh, talked about the Australian woman who was who was shot. What is the, the top story in your mind this week? Uh, the top story is just the continuing quote-unquote gift that the White House is giving us (laughs) in terms of conversation and talking points. And then today's big gift, the big bow on the week, is uh, Spicer resigning. So, I mean, they're giving people, aren't they? (laughs) <laughs> Such a giving administration. Mm-hmm. If they could just hold off with the gifts for a minute, right, some of us I could know. use a nap. <laughs> some of us could maybe needed a nap since November the 8th yeah. <laughs> or so. Um, yeah, I, I think the Spicer story, too. I think um, in, the, in the pictures that are starting to come out now in the last uh, half hour or so, he looks quite relieved. I am sure. Quite happy, quite relieved. I, I would, too. I would be I, very I happy. Warm, to be honest. <laughs> What do you think he's going to do next? Where do you think he will land? Sleep Uh-oh. in. I, I hope. He's he's going to land uh, on one of the broadcast networks. I'm yeah. sure of it. Yeah, to do an uh, analysis. Whether or he's going to be joining Fox and being a special consultant and jumping in every once in a while to talk about what what are they thinking behind the door mm-hmm. of the White House. So he will be able to say that. And then, you know, who may, who knows, maybe he'll get a talk show. Oh, my you know, God. Stephanopoulos got right. GMA, so. Spicy spice. Uh, maybe. I mean, I think it'd be really it'd be really interesting if he were to go somewhere really surprising, like NPR. <laughs> like to PBS NewsHour. I the think world that would, would be, be over. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, heads would explode. I think that would be fascinating, though. It'd be interesting perspective, I think, to have mm-hmm. on that, that network. So. Well, the New York Times has been trying to make sure they tell all the different sides. That's oh true. Gosh. That's very true. All right. So when we when we move along to other categories, um, as I said, we're going to do a couple of different ones that mm-hmm. Kaufman does not normally do. Although, can, I, can I pitch one out? Okay, go for it. All right. We need time to prepare, though, if you're going to throw a category at us. Well, it's a category of how to do news, okay? How to do news. And the question is, there has been a longstanding theme in our profession that there are always two sides to every story. Oh, I think there's about eight. 
is it now time to start with the approach, you know what, this isn't about being fair or being balanced. It is about our job to tell the truth, no matter whose toes it steps on or how painful that truth may be. Because we have so much unreality and unfact, is it time for the for, for journalism to just, okay, uh, uh, we're just going to tell the truth, period. Just one, the truth is what it is. I, yes. feel, I feel like I'm hearing a little bit of that on NPR yeah. in the morning. They, they're subtly telling the truth in a way that I hadn't heard them before. Mm-hmm. You know, like things like... The, the, it's, it not that we, beyond, not that we've never, fact. not that we have not told the truth. Right. Let me make that very clear. They're yeah. telling a story, and then they're also fact checking at the same time. That doesn't scream fact checking. Um, right. it's, almost, they, it's like they are getting their digs in. Yeah. But well, they're just doing fact checking. And the fact check can be a powerful tool in that mm-hmm. way because it's one thing to say, X public person, you know, the following person has said the following thing. Yes. While at this event. It's another to say, this is what's said, but this is the fact check. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a, I mean, we see that in, in presidential debates a little bit, but usually in a second screen way. We usually see, like, PolitiFact will send out a tweet during a presidential debate or something saying, okay, actually, this is the situation. But to see it in the same piece is interesting. I think David is correct, and you're, and you're correct also. NPR is doing it, but not a lot of other outlets yes. are doing that in such a clear way. Yeah. I did a road trip uh, this week. And so I was listening to public radio and other places, mm-hmm. and I was so surprised that some non-facts, a.k.a. lies, mm-hmm. <laughs> were just sort of reported as in, a, in a matter-of-fact kind of way without the, the, the ne- uh, necessary eyebrow raise that those so-called facts required. Interesting. And and I, I, I think it's an interesting time because I feel like no matter what we do, we're going to be called fake news. Mm-hmm. We're going to be say, you know, we're going to be uh, call, we're going to be called all kind of things. So it, I, I think it's a it's a weird time in which the stakes are quite high. The bar is a different place than I think a lot of people are calling it. People are saying the bar is this. But I think but I, I've said this before, too. On, on this very station, I think we in the profession have not done the greatest job of explaining the different roles. So we get caught up on frontline stuff. Like people will say, oh, this person is not reporting. This person gave an opinion. Well, that person's a columnist or a host. They're supposed to. They're paid to have an opinion. Right. And I think we maybe haven't done a great job of explaining, like, the nuances in a newsroom. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that. There is. But I, I do think there will be a shift in, in journalism. Well, there is a crisis of accountability journalism in this country right now. And so that has to do with the shrinking of yeah. of the media and the evolution. Because I don't yeah. want to say it's shrinking and going away. You know, things are it's changing. changing. Yeah. But part, the first thing that goes is the the things that require you know investment of money and manpower. And so right now we're in a crisis of accountability journalism. And when, when we can get our sea legs back and get a you know a firm foundation on that, I think we can start harnessing the narrative around what actually constitutes news and what what facts really are and and. Here's what's in your best interest because here are the highest stakes. Yeah. 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 I'd like to see this shift also include go, moving away from just reading press releases. Mm-hmm. 
um, report, you know, yeah, you I know, mean, you can see the same kind of story. and You know, that that I thought we were going to have an opportunity to have a bigger conversation on, on the point when, when the White House press briefings were, were being canceled or, and mm-hmm. threatened and, okay, cameras can't go in. And, you know, when that started, people were really upset. And I thought we're, we're missing a big opportunity to talk, to talk about this because, in fact, most of the large needle-moving history-making stories did not come from a press briefing. <laughs> they came from journalists doing the work and investigating. And, and, and I think that people have lost sight of the fact that, that, that major history doesn't come out of a press briefing. Exactly. That's spin. By definition, it's supposed to be spin. You yes. hire a press person to tell a really good story. You don't come out there and go, well, this is some terrible crap that happened today. <laughs> you, know, you, you have to go out there and polish it up and make it, make it look nice. So um, I think we have an opportunity at, at this moment to kind of shift journalism in a really interesting way. And media literacy, too. We're one of the only nations, uh, you know, highly developed, highly educated nations that doesn't teach media literacy to our young people. Yes. And we should be doing that, especially now when, right, we have greater access to information than ever, but we're just so lazy we can't get past Wikipedia or whatever, you know. Because, <laughs> yeah, I have all this fabulous this food that we eat all the time, and then we eat it, and we get fat, and we can't move. <laughs> and it's filled with chemicals, and yes. our stuff has chemicals yes. in it. Right. It's a cycle. It's true. It's a thing. All right, we're going to take a little break. We are doing Week in Review, looking at the big stories that got lots of conversation and the, story, the big stories that did not get enough conversation. And when we come back, we're going to be looking at which woman was queen of the news this week? We're going to be figuring that out. We are talking with Deborah Douglas, a journalist here in Chicago and Northwestern professor, and Veronica Ariola, who is director of UIC's Latinos in Science office. WGN. Hey, it's Amy Guth in for Justin Kaufman. We'll be with you till 9 o'clock. After that, John Hansen and Esmeralda Leon will be taking over until 11. Definitely want to stick around for them. So, in true Kaufman style, we are doing a weekend review, and we're talking about the big stories of the week, the ones we that sent us down a rabbit hole, the stories that were all over Twitter that you could not get away from, the stories that we wanted more of, all those things. And to help us talk about that, we are joined by Deborah Douglas, who is a Chicago-based journalist and Northwestern professor, and Veronica Ariola, who is director of the UIC Latinos in Science office. We're so glad that you're both here with us this evening. So the next category I want to talk about as we are reviewing the news of the week is who was the, in your opinion, who was the queen of the news this week? What woman just slayed in the news? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I have one. Tell me who. Michelle Walker. Oh, yeah. Author of The Gray Rhino. Uh Uh-huh. Because (laughs) this is such a good story. Yeah. Because uh, she's the author of The Gray Rhino. The the Chinese government uh, printed a a front-page editorial about economic policy on the front page of the main paper in China. And they referenced, um, well, they wanted to sort of signal that they were going to, they weren't going to uh, support the banking system the way they had been. Right. They're like speculation was going to just not, there wouldn't be an appetite for that. Like you had to come in with some really concise decisions. Yes. And they actually used terminolo- terminology that she developed, gray rhino, which is a term for 
the problem that's right in front of you mm-hmm. that that you're not paying attention to, like the 2008-2009 housing bubble, was a gray rhino because you could look at the at the evidence and you could predict it, but it happened anyway, and everybody acted like, oh, where did what that come this? from? Well, yeah. it was a gray rhino. Yeah. And so the the Chinese government used her terminology, right? And then the stock market fell. The, chi- the Chinese a lot. stock market. A lot. <laughs> Right? And so a woman right here in Chicago affected the Chinese stock market. Yeah. And we, they, you know, they own everything, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was such a fascinating story. She, um, you know, yeah, a Chicago author, someone we all know, mm-hmm. and, and her book's been out about a year. Yes. And I read it. It's a really good book. It's really interesting because, as you said, it really is just like, hey, don't be an idiot. Here's a problem right in front of you. Prepare accordingly. Don't just hope it doesn't happen. Right. And it's really, I mean, it's great for business leaders, but I think it's great for anybody because there's even interpersonal troubleshooting right. there. like relationships. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you know, this is what's happening, but ah, that, I'll just ignore that. I mean, right, it really right. it forces you out of denial, I think. Yes. And, and it really makes you just, okay, if this is what's happening, let's just confront it and deal with it. So, um, yeah, sure enough, she crashed the Chinese stock market. So <laughs> I'm going to talk to her tomorrow morning on the Waitress Business oh, Launch awesome. about cool. that because uh, I ran into her yesterday and I said, how are you? And she said, well, I've had a good week. I crashed the Chinese <laughs> stock market. <laughs> I was like, wait. I'm sorry, you did what? And indeed, she did, and that's that's uh, that's exciting. I mean, it just to me speaks of the power of the written word, and uh, especially the power of an editorial. Of what what can, what one opinion piece can do yeah. and is capable of doing. And yeah. her imagery, yeah, the idea. The, I mean, the way she created this image um, in concept that. Um, I'm definitely one of those people who feel like economics just goes right over my head, and I feel like one of those peanut cartoon kids. (laughs) 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 Um, But... uh, yeah, the gray rhino is something that it's fairly accessible. I'm yeah. just glad you gave us an opportunity just to to lift up her name because yeah. I mean, how many women do that on a regular, everyday basis? And we never we never say it. So, right, well, yeah, Michelle Looker. <laughs> right, yeah, the gray rhino. Go go find that book and, and check it out. It's really a good one. Uh, we'll be sure and tweet out a link later, and we'll put that up on the website so we can uh-huh. we can see that with the podcast. Veronica, um, what about you? What what woman slayed the news I this week? I decided to choose a small gang of women. Some teens in Texas who um, put on the quinceanera at the state capitol. (laughs) This story is amazing. So in Texas, um, you know, as we know, since um, this current administration came into office, there's been a lot of conversation about sanctuary cities and um, immigration and ice raids and all of that. So in Texas, they passed this bill um, that will go into effect, I think, in September, where it says all local police have to abide by federal immigration rules. So if you get pulled over, they should also be checking to see if you're on the ICE deportation list. Um, So that's the whole idea of sanctuary cities, is that local police would not coordinate with ICE um, on a regular basis or on a daily basis. Um, for like a routine stuff. Routine, yeah. exactly. Um, and so a group of girls, I think like 12 of them, um, pulled out their quinceanera dresses, got some sashes, and had different messages like end racism. Justice. And, justice, yeah, yes. Good. And checked to the state capitol. Yeah. And went and lobbied uh, the state representatives and senators. Um, they gave the those who are standing against this bill roses or flowers, says thank you, and then tried to sit down. 
with the others, the others to explain why this bill is a bad bill. Um, and then also had a dance routine that they choreographed themselves that was a mashup of some song um, that I can't remember and um, of one of the line, one of the songs from Hamilton. So of course they danced to immigrants. We get the job done. Sure. And they were beautiful. They looked like they were going to a QTA. Yeah. They mean yeah. they went all out. Beautiful. The dress, the makeup, the yeah. hair, the shoes, everything. And it was really, really great. Um, and I, what really um, brought it home for me was the fact that they framed this in the idea that they use this quinceanera framing because they felt like quinceaneras bring families together. And HB 40 in Texas is going to be tearing families apart. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that's a, a, a perfect counterbalance mm-hmm. if you're looking at both sides of that narrative, for sure. And the, if you Google this story, the art is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's these, I mean, these dresses are bright colors, and they're beautiful, and, and these frilly, huge skirts, and these girls are like, there's this one picture that's so beautiful. You can see the Capitol building in the background, and they all have like a fist up mm-hmm. in the air. This just this beautiful photo that's like solidarity and awesome lady power it's so good it's the best picture i thought that was such a funny cool cool story and and yeah i i agree i like i like the the idea of you know let's let's focus on the the idea that that quinceaneras are a big family event that bring families together that is very cool well you know the one i picked was uh, i'm with you deborah I, I i had to say if if a uh, a woman can bring down the chinese stock market or any stock market right we're gonna have to crown her queen for the week although i do like the quinceanera yes. story too very much well, so then let us shift a little. We, we are going to have to take a break here in a second. But I hope we can narrow it down to one, because what we're going to do next on the other side of, the no, uh, other side of news is we're going to talk about the story that people on social media just kind of missed the point about and maybe just played it wrong or got caught up on the wrong thing. But then the biggie, we're going to crown the jerk of the week in the news. We're going to figure out who that person is. <laughs> that could be anyone, and it might be difficult to pick only one indeed, but... We're going to take a little break. We are talking with Veronica Ariola, who's director of UIC's Latinos in Science office, and Chicago-based journalist Deborah Douglas, and she is also a Northwestern professor. They're here in studio with us talking about the big news stories of this past week. Seven twenty WGN. Esteemed producer Cash, you're playing some fine music this evening. Thank you. I do I what I can. I appreciate it very much. That's the DJ in you coming through. I, I love it. It's thank good. you. Yeah, it's thank good. you. I like your jams. All right. We are talking about weekend review and all of the big stories that made this week what it was. We have Veronica Ariola and Deborah Douglas in studio with us. We are talking. When we come back on the other side of news, we're going to be talking about... Well, we're going to name the biggest jerk of the week. Who was the biggest jerk of the week in the news? Send me a tweet. I'm at Amy Guth on Twitter, or you can give us a call, 312-981-7200. Who was in a news story that was just a big old jerk this week? That's who we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be looking at what is the story that was all over social media, but you feel like everybody just missed the point. We're going to be talking about that, too, on the other side of news. WGN. Hello, it's Amy Guthin for Justin Kaufman tonight with you until 9 o'clock. Then we're going to turn things over to John Hansen and Esmeralda Leon. 
We are doing the weekend review as per tradition on Kaufman's show on Friday night. So talking about all the big stories that made the week what it was, the stories that maybe we could not get enough of, maybe the stories that we have are to- have totally jumped the shark, that we're totally sick of. The big story of the week, we have talked about the woman who was queen of the news this week, actually several women we named. And, of course, we have special guests in studio to help us have this conversation. Veronica Ariola is here. She's director of UIC's Latinos in Science office. And Deborah Douglas, a Chicago-based journalist and Northwestern professor, also here in studio with us. We're so glad that you're here with us tonight. Thank you for gracing us with your presence, Thank both you. of you. Thanks for well, so um, as we move along our list of categories, we move to the uh, who is the biggest jerk of the week. And I know it's hard to narrow that one down on any yes. given day. But you know what? We have a caller who's been waiting patiently oh. since right before the news. So let's let's say hi to Rich from Naperville. Hi, Rich. How are you? You're on WGN. Rich, you with us? Okay. No, Rich. All right. We'll come back to him. We'll see if he calls back. Something's up there. Um, We're going to put him on hold. Whoops. I think I dropped him. Rich, call right back. Call right back. Something's wrong. We couldn't hear you. Anyway, I'm sure he had a good... a good comment, so we want to hear it. Yes. Thank you, Rich, for calling, and we'll talk to you in a moment. All right, so who is your jerk of the week? Deborah, let's start with you. I can't say it's an individual. Uh, <laughs> anybody associated with green lighting Confederate, uh-huh. the Game of Thrones showrunners, uh-huh. that's their next pro- uh, project. And Confederate is going to be a show that imagines that the Civil War wasn't won. And because I have a particular interest <laughs> in the narrative in the other direction, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how how did that get greenlit when we have yeah. so many other rich, robust stories, so many stories. Yeah. that yeah. can be told that are not so regressive and just so dumb. <laughs> right. Yeah, And I immediately thought when I heard that, if you were going to be doing speculative fiction or speculative alternative history, um, why not go towards something that was more like social justice oriented? Like what if Nat Turner had won? Yes. Or what if women were in charge? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, there's there's a lot of difference. There's a lot. What if John Adams had listened to Abigail? In those letters. Yeah. Maybe I just started this country. What if Sally said, I'm not sleeping in this little windowless room tonight? <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a lot of what ifs. There's a we lot go of to. What, better what ifs than if, what if the South had won. Actually, yeah. when I used to be married to a white guy, and for Halloween one year, we dressed as Sally and, and Thomas. But Thomas had to do whatever I said all night long. <laughs> You are one of my favorite people on this earth. <laughs> oh my lord! Well, I think that wins Halloween forever. Yes. Everyone else can just hang it up because that's Sally right. Hemings to Thomas Jefferson. Tommy, yes, honey. You want slaves? Yes, I do, What's honey. Well, I tell you what. You want some of this? David. You will have to do some other things from now on. We're not going to discuss the Irish ultimatum here on the program. This is a family show. It's like, hmm, I am on strike, said Sally. And Thomas said, okay, 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 we'll get rid of slavery. There you go. 
and and scene. I mean, you know, I, I have talked before about there, the women in my family. Um, th- this went away after my grandmother died, but for years, all the women in my family used to have. They called it the sewing circle, which was really cover for a day drinking club, which was really cover for a secret club of influence kind of thing and they would decide stuff somehow by the end of the day or the next day all those big ideas they came up with would all be their they would the husbands would think it was their idea yes and it was major influence like you know you should not hire that young man because he was rude to so-and-so's daughter in college all kind of stuff they had fascinating influence and when i was little i I was like that's so interesting i knew the influence was happening but i didn't get how it was happening and then i was like oh when i got a little that show amy that's going to be a book one day. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be a book. Well, we had Rich back for a second, and he just hung up. What's oh, going on? Rich, there's, come back. <laughs> something is the fates are keeping us from Rich's comment. But. I know what Rich wanted to say. I do know his comment. Okay, tell us. Who was the jerk he of the week? He said that I the jerk of the week was O.J. Simpson. Ah. Uh, <laughs> you know. Well, I won't argue with that. There's that. That's a good. <laughs> Rich, thank you for the comment. Sorry we, we, we crossed wires and couldn't get to the call, but indeed, that is a good one. Um, you know, I, I think that's a that's a good addition to the list of Jerk of the Week for sure, because uh, I saw a lot of people tweeting today going, okay, where were you during the, the Bronco chase? Where were you during I, I the sentence? I, I have a better question, and that is, why was it when this thing started, I decided to flip around to see how many television networks had it? Yeah, yeah. ABC, CBS, NBC. Channel 9 had it, CNN, MSNBC, and I'm assuming Fox did as well. I'm sorry. This was a release on parole for a robbery conviction? It's not like we're talking about the California situation anymore. That's over. It's done with. It's been decided. What's the deal? Well, well, here's the thing. Okay, so the public memory is quite short. And sometimes, well, let, yeah, let's just leave it there. So do you remember when um, when the anniversary of Titanic happened a couple of years ago and it was re-released, like a new digitally remastered, da-da-da-da? There was, there was a lot of people on Twitter going, oh, I didn't realize it was a true story. I thought it was just, <laughs> right. I think some that's, of that happened. That's scary. That's yeah, very scary. But I saw, I'm not kidding, I saw a couple of people tweeting, oh, I didn't realize... That he was ever convicted. Uh, oh, no, he should stay in prison for killing that woman. I was like, guys, that's not, that ain't why he's there. Right. <laughs> that's not what we're doing here. So I think, like, public mem- public memory is quite short. And I think, yes, perhaps people don't know why he was in prison. That's so there's true. that. Public is that the overly reported story of the week? If, I, that was my vote. Really? Yeah. It's hard to narrow down the overly reported story. I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm. I'm staying with Russia on that one because there's so many layers of Russia. It's it's necessary to report it. Yeah, it's important, right. but it's also at lightning speed, and no one's keeping a backgrounder. So I think people are going, wait, what is this new, d- new detail and what is the significance? We need one of those maps, you know, like police chiefs have for like figuring out on Law and Order know. with the big pictures. I would, like, I would needs r- to put some Riverdale. Up. They right. have that. For, yeah. 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 We need. We, I think that. New, I mean, I think that news product should exist anyway. I've said that for years because a lot of times, once somebody is in the public figure, it, it's so once someone is in the public view, you have to go back and figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Unless you've been on that beat and working in the news business and watching them very mm-hmm. carefully, or you're particularly politically involved. So I think that that should be a thing. You can like 
plug it into stories and say, okay, click here for the full background on this clown and right. what's been happening all along. <laughs> Just like that, this clown. This clown. <laughs> click here to learn more about this clown. <laughs> I think that's what we're going to call it. Log on to thisclown.org. That's going to be great. Um, all right, so David votes for, for OJ or... Uh, is that your vote, David? For yeah, okay. that's that's the, that was the over-the-top reported story of the week. But who, who's your jerk of the week? Mm, my jerk of the week. All right. Give me a minute. I'll all right. Come, come, go, go around. I'll come go back around. to me. All right. We're going to take a break. We're all going to think about, uh, we're going to help David pick his jerk of the week because there are so many to pick from. Indeed, uh, we are talking with Deb Douglas, and we're talking with Veronica Ariola, and we are doing the Week in Review, talking about all the big stories that made the week what it was. WGN, Amy Guth in for Justin Kaufman tonight. I'll be back with you tomorrow at noon for the Trust Business Lunch, per usual. And then, of course, tomorrow night, 7 to 9 p.m. for the Saturday Night Special. I'm always with you. You can find me there every single week. We are doing, as is custom at this hour on the station on Friday nights, we are doing a weekend review. We're looking at the big stories that kept us up at night, that infuriated us, that made us laugh, all those stories, maybe the ones we talked about too much, maybe the ones we didn't talk about enough. And to help us talk about them, we have Veronica Ariola in studio. She is director of UIC's Latinos in Science office and Chicago-based journalist and Northwestern professor Deborah Douglas also in studio with us as we are sorting the hay on all of these big stories. And right before we took a break, uh, we were talking about the jerk of the week because we mix up the questions a little. Um, We named the queen of the news this week, but who in your mind was just the big jerk who was in news headlines doing the things this week? Veronica, let's start with you. Oh, where to start? (laughs) There's so So, many, I know. um, My funny jerk of the week is whoever thought of the Heinz ketchup. Goodness. The Chicago dog sauce thing? Yeah. That was hilarious to watch my um, Chicago hot dog People lost their minds. They did. They lost one of them. Hilarious. Because first of all, <laughs> if you name anything sauce, it's suspect. Okay? <laughs> Say more. All right. It's not ketchup, but it's sauce and it's red, and you want me to put it on my hot dog in Chicago? That's just wrong. <laughs> So, okay, I I did not grow up here, but I got here as soon as I could. I knew it was wrong. When I was living in other places, I was taught to put ketchup and and, 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 and mustard on it. And I'm like, I bite it. Something's wrong about this. And I eventually came into the truth that is a Chicago hot dog, that you do not put ketchup on it, that you you only eat it with mustard. Sure. Thank you, David. I'm an ex-New Yorker. We put ketchup on hot dogs. I don't care. Well, here's what my position is. I did not realize people were so passionate about that in 2001 when I moved here. Uh And I don't, I didn't really care or think about it much. And then I was uh, experiencing, having my first Portillo's experience here. And someone at a table nearby put ketchup on a hot dog strangers gathered around this person to shame them. And I was like, oh, that's a thing here. As well they should. <laughs> so what is the origin, though? Of like, I mean, I know it's a thing, but why? I have no idea. I grew up in the suburbs, and every summer we go to the Wrigley, and I put ketchup on my hot dog. Ketchup is something that babies do. <laughs> well, I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to think that I'm still young at heart. Yes. Thank you very much. 
Okay, so according but, to science, though, if according. the hot dog is spicy, you should put a sweeter condiment on it, and that might be ketchup. No. Mm. That might be relish. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll give you that. Like, that might be relish. Buy yourself some sweet onions. <laughs> okay. the ketchup off. So funny jerk of the week sure, is the... That. Is yeah. how Heinz trolled the entire city of exactly. Chicago. <laughs> um, but the other jerk I have on my list is um, our governor, who I guess would, you know, he's on a roll. Um, but he just continues to threaten Chicago students with the budget. I mean, the the state assembly w- uh, was able to override his veto with the budget, but then he's like, I'm going to line item the veto out the CPS money, um, and then dares to say it's because he doesn't want children to be held hostage. And I'm like, yeah, he's too in love with spreadsheets. He thinks that the <laughs> Excel is magic, and it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Indeed. Deborah, what uh, what about you? Who is the jerk of the week? Ooh. That's so hard. I, I don't know. know. I think I like the ketchup thing. It's <laughs> a pretty good one. Yeah. I'm really, I am suspicious of any restaurant that serves anything that has something called sauce. And <laughs> What about pasta? That, it's red sauce, but it's, we know it's tomatoes. But like, there are some restaurants that have honey sauce. Like, honey sauce? Is oh, that just honey? I see. Yeah. Like, what's up with that? Like, the sauce makings need to be clearly laid out. Don't call it sauce because that tells me that you're making this on the cheap or is that really what it, what it really is supposed to be? Fair enough. You're trying to get over on me. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I, the jerk of the week that I picked uh, is a more serious and somber one, and, and that is the, the group of teens that were watching and uh, taping, uh, shooting video of someone drowning and not doing anything about it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it does get into uh, Good Samaritan laws and what is required of you if you see something like that. I mean, I think morally, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. I would never sleep again in my life if I saw that. But then I also, I mean, I think I overthink some stuff. Like if I think, if I know you're working on a project and I meet someone else who's working on a similar project, uh-huh. even if it's a stretch, if I don't introduce the two of you by email uh-huh. in 24 hours of meeting that other person, <laughs> I feel like it'll it'll occur to me. I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm a terrible person for not doing that. I feel like I have a moral obligation mm-hmm. to do that. So I might be like the, you know, yeah. the, the, the moral police there on that one, which is a sad state of affairs if I'm the barometer for that. All right. So then that brings us to um, the story on social media where people just missed the point. There are many of them floating around right now, but what what do you think about that one? I tend to think that that one, um, I'm going to go again to Russia for that one because it's so complex. There are so many layers. I think that we, um, it's hard to encapsulate all of that in 140 characters, nor should we have to because there are new developments and new pieces and we all have the right to attach ourselves to whatever nuance is the latest. But I think then if you say it the cleverest, that tweet travels very far and people just focus on one piece that could just be a little, like a footnote, you know. I think that part is very tricky. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think that the the Russia thing is is so complex, so nuanced, so layered that um, if anything screamed for a long read. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Russia um, hacking our election. And 
Twitter. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I use Twitter. I like Twitter. I'm yeah. not the person who's going to say Twitter is the ruin of society and civilization. But um, when we continue to try to fit things onto Twitter, it we lose things. Yeah. I mean, I even catch myself some, sometimes saying, worth your time to read this. Yeah. Yeah. Or, Good long read. I just want people, I mean, just the other day I tweeted something, which is my answer for a a category here coming up. But I said in it, um, I was going to highlight about 16 different things, so why don't y'all just read it? (laughs) Because I was like, but I feel like you do have to kind of tell people Mm -hmm. that, hey, please read this. It's worth your read. Right. Uh, To be fair, there's so many things to read in a given day. You could make a full-time job and still not, you know, get it all done. But it, it does discourage me a little. I think people are reading so much less. Because of the velocity of news, there's yeah, so much there coming is. so fast. Yeah, um, Deborah, what about you? What was the story that just people just missed the point? Black China. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's gone down to the Kardashians, right? Mm-hmm. Who have made all of their money on uh, appropriating black culture, but people are mad at Black China, right? And it's like, so she appropriated the appropriator, so where's the harm? <laughs> it becomes like a double negative yes. to appropriate the appropriator. Yeah, yes. yeah, right. That's a good one. That is a really good one. And I feel like that one got, I think a lot of people, that's another example of a story that people didn't really know what to do with on social media. So they were like, okay, this is happening, and it's weird, and where do we point the finger exactly mm-hmm. like this yeah should we, should, should we be mad at right should we be mad is my is my rage right do i look smart with this rage or not <laughs> right, or you right. know there was a lot of that going how on. does this rage look on me <laughs> <laughs> is this rage flattering do i, I take this rage in a little bit on this side <laughs> <laughs> we add some darts in this rage that's true though i mean i think the like the default intellectual setting has to be total righteous indignation people can't just and not about that but about anything if there's a new movie that comes out people just can't go hey i liked that that was a good movie and i felt good it was a nice little two-hour break from my brain right you have to like oh well the narrative attached to that did Uh this you know you have to you have to hate it to be smart which is irritating no (laughs) yeah i mean i think that it goes into we're moving into more polar spaces so you either love something and you go deep yeah or you hate something and you go deep yeah and well, I think we're in that moment. Um, I mean, I think we see that politically. There's there's right. so little room for nuance that you you if you say one critical thing about even even uh, someone you, you have you have endorsed and talked about very favorably for a very long time, one critical thing suddenly you've betrayed groups of people mm-hmm. and you you know you flip sides or something, <laughs> which I think is is troubling. That yes. you know we need to be able to talk very critically about our elected officials. All right, we are going to take a little break, get you to news, all that good stuff. Amy Guth in for Justin Kaufman, and we're talking with Veronica Ariola and Deborah Douglas here about all the big stories that made the week what it was. <laughs> Seven twenty WGN. Hello, it is Amy Guth in for Justin Kaufman. We're doing the week in review, talking about all the big stories that made the week what it was. And we have Deborah Douglas in studio with us. She is a Chicago-based journalist and Northwestern professor. And Veronica Ariola is here, and she is the director of UIC's Latinos in Science office. Some super awesome ladies here with us this evening, talking about all the things. So we were just talking about the jerk of the week, and I, I have to say that I, I do like that we named Heinz. 
for trolling Chicago. That's a pretty good one. Never thought I would see Heinz being called a jerk, but here we are indeed. So when we move down the list a little bit, um, what is the weird story that sent you down a rabbit hole this week? There are so many. I've got a couple. I kind of can't narrow it down because, one, I am obsessed with everything being written about the eclipse that's coming in (laughs) August. I love space stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. I like sci-fi stuff. I like real space stuff. I love all the space stuff, and I'm so excited about this eclipse, so I cannot stop reading every little detail about it and what people are doing around different places. I'm obsessed. But the other one is this story that I saw about bonobos. I'm so excited about and it was really about uh, um, how they have a matriarchal society yes, yes. and it's it's quite peaceful and it's all good but I it, but there was I, I was reading it and and uh, there were really about 15 or 16 sentences I wanted to pull out and tweet by themselves and and highlight funny I was like just everybody read the whole thing and so it's not very long just read it um fascinating about the difference between like chimp culture and Mm -hmm. and bonobo culture and how um that we see like male leaders in the chimp culture but for for in the bonobo culture even women decide which men eat (laughs) like like we're gonna kind of like I do at my house right there you go (laughs) like we're gonna take this animal carcass if you're sweet we might feed you (laughs) I think that's pretty funny that's pretty good but I I thought that was really interesting of course then that led me down um led me down a path looking at some other animals like certain elephants or that way and all that so I think I love elephants even more now of course um what about you Deborah what's the story that led you down a rabbit hole this week I wouldn't say necessarily a rabbit hole, but something that I was endlessly fascinated by was um, the 67 riots in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Um, They're celebrating, uh, (laughs) not celebrating the riots, but marking the the anniversary of the riots. And I was born here, and uh, my, my father ran a business here for like forever, but my mom moved to Detroit. So, and I, we traveled there this week to, um, to visit her. Mm. So I met with some people who were involved in that and met with some TV people who had conducted interviews. And I thought about, you know, with the change of rhythm from going from Chicago to going to Detroit and uh, the fallout from the riots and how that informed my education and who I am today, just, you know, speaking up and so many things that came out of the, that event that it that informs who I am and so many other people, middle-aged people that I know today. Yeah. So I, I was just thinking a lot about that. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I love stuff like that that like makes us that forces us to look at time and and how time moves and mark time. And I mean, it's in a lighter way. It's where people say, "Where were you when X happened?" It's right. that. But I think it forces us to look. Who was I then versus who am I now? Or who am I because of this thing that happened a long time ago? I think, exactly. I think those kind of things are super interesting. So that's a good one. I was talking with um, with Martha Bain, who um, she works for Belt, uh, Belt Publishing, and yes. they do such cool stuff, and she does such cool stuff, and I've been a fan of hers for years. But I had her on the show, and I was talking with her about their city-specific um collections of, of stories that they that they have together and um, so they did like a Detroit one they're coming up with a Cleveland one they're, the Chicago one is just now coming out and I think there's a lot of rich details like that in their in their books about they did a Flint one it cool. was really interesting and and we, we had a conversation about how um, how very little about of, of very little about the Flint book is about water. Right. There, There is one, but in a very different way than we think, huh. and that was quite intentional to kind of keep it away from this sort of one 
one narrative of, of Flint being like the city with the terrible water. Right. Danger of a single story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. A, a YouTube video we cite often yeah. on the <laughs> show, for sure. I feel like it applies to so many things we're talking about. Uh, there's a, a, a TED Talk given by Chimamanda Adichie that is very, very good, all about the danger of the single story that, indeed, I reference all the time. Veronica, what about you? What is the story that sent you down a rabbit hole? Um, it's kind of a combination of two different stories. So thinking of, uh, spending a lot of time reading and thinking, especially this week, about uh, racism within the women's movement, mm-hmm. uh, women's rights movement. Um, we were just on, my family and I were on a uh, road trip, and one of our stops was in Seneca Falls, mm-hmm. where they had the first big women's convention. And, uh, and woman? <laughs> yes. And uh, Sojourner Truth. They did have a, a statue of Sojourner Truth at the, um, the Women's Park. Um, and they did talk about the the problem with the first wave of feminism and how they really placed it on the fact that women should get the vote because um, we raise me- boys, we raise citizens, and it's all wrapped up in this like very perfect motherhood, right. womanhood status. And then at the same time, um, uh, somebody wrote a really scathing and excellent piece, actually, on um, critiquing the handmaids yes. protests mm-hmm. around the country. And we just had one last week here at the State of Illinois building to urge Governor Rauner to sign, um, I think it's HB 40. I'm not sure. I think that's yeah. Texas anyway, to sign a bill to make sure that um, abortion access is still legal if Roe v. Wade is overturned at the U.S. Supreme Court, um, and how the hands made tale is actually a reflection of what uh, women of color, particularly black women, had to endure during slavery, being enslaved and having to bear children for their master, um, and that a lot of people don't know that, and so they just <laughs> think they don't, they, don't, they don't see the complexity of the handmaid's tale. Mm. They just see it as white women being made stripped from their families and made to give birth for in this um, dystopian tale. Um, but um, Margaret Atwood, in especially in the book and in the ending, I love, I'm, I'm a big fan of the last chapter of The Handmaid's Tale because mm-hmm. that's where she really reveals that everything in the book was from history. Mm-hmm. So she, yeah. and she famously will always say that she has never made anything up in her book. Yeah. She has taken it all from something that humans have already done to each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And made us face it. So. Yeah, truly. Uh, yeah. I think it's interesting. The And I'm I'm happy to see the renewed interest in that book um, with the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the television series. Suddenly people are really into it. And I've seen so many people on, I feel like once a week on Instagram, I see someone like posting a picture of that book cover and going, oh, damn. Uh-huh. Like I finally read it, Odin, uh-huh. and really kind of taking in all that it was. And um, I mean, I think that's a, such an interesting book because it, I, I believe it's one of those books that it there's so many layers to it. It mm-hmm. sticks with you a while. Yes. And I read it as a I read it very young, and I feel like it, it's one of those books that pieces of it evolve later in your life right. and so oh, you know yeah. as you grow up you know as as you go to different stages of adulthood you're like oh wait there's this whoa this, right uh-huh. those that kind of stick with you in an interesting way yeah. I, I i saw you posting a lot of stuff from seneca falls on on social media i thought yeah. that was very cool and very fun that's the ultimate as the creator of the 365 <laughs> selfie project like doing one there that's yes, kind of the ultimate selfie yeah it was um that's very cool. But even then, like when we talk about 1920 being when women got the mm-hmm. vote, that's when white women got the vote. You know, right. there's like pieces of it we leave out. Yeah. Um, I was talking about that a little bit during uh, 
pay equality day. I'm like, well, that's one of the pay equality days. It's not all of them, you know. So, so I think there's, there's, again, there's always like a, there's layers. There's layers. There's always layers. And there's always, I mean, we open the show by saying, um, you know, talking about how many sides there were to stories. I think there's so many. There's, there's, there's not just truth and lies. I think there's, there's often narratives left out or overlooked or, um, you know, changed and, for various reasons, right? Well, it's funny you should mention 1920 because the book I've been reading is Dreamland Burning, which is oh. actually a YA novel yeah. based on the Tulsa riots, the destruction mm-hmm. of Black Wall Street. It's really the Tulsa massacre because riot yes. is a word they use to uh, keep from paying the black landowners um, uh, for their for their losses. But um, it was written by Jen Latham, who lives in Tulsa, Mm -hmm. and it was written from the standpoint of a biracial girl today. She's black and white, and a biracial boy from 1920 who is Native American and white. Uh Yeah. It's kind of an interesting window into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And what's the title of that book again? It's called Dreamland Burning. And even though it's a YA novel, it's based on, you know, real history. Um, it's really accessible. And if you don't know about the riots in 1920 and 1921, because there are a lot of them all over the place yeah. all the time. I wrote earlier this year about the Akui massacre in Florida. Mm-hmm. They were just popping up all over the place. Um, it's a really great way to get, to get a deep dive into to history, but, um, you know, from a, a different perspective. YA mm-hmm. novels are awesome. Yes, they are. They are so good. They're, they are. And, 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 you know, I think so many people I know uh, feel kind of like sheepish about reading them. And most of the people that I know that have Kindles got the Kindle because they didn't want to be seen um, walking around with a <laughs> Harry Potter book because they yes. were like, oh, that's a kid's book because it was so marketed to kids, uh-huh. you know, at first. But And I think people are like, well, I just I read that on my Kindle, but I read it on the train. I'm like, just read it. Just read whatever you want to read. But, yeah, YA novels, especially when they have those those historic pieces to them, are so good and so interesting. And they're, you know, easy to, easy to put away and easy mm-hmm. to enjoy. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a little break, come back, and wrap up the news of the week, the week in review, all the things we've been talking about, all the stories that made the week, what it is. We're with Veronica Ariola and Deborah Douglas here on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. Amy Guth in for Justin Kaufman. Here after nine o'clock, we're going to turn things over to John Hanson and Esmeralda Lian. And of course, all night we're going to be checking in upstairs with David Jennings for news and weather. Because uh, I don't know where you are, but where we are right here in the Showcase Studio on Michigan Avenue, it is really, really coming down. So we're going to keep tabs on that weather, and we might uh, we might be here a while because I'm not sure I want to run out in that. <laughs> and that's what's that's what's up with that. Uh, but I hope you are staying dry wherever you are, and we're going to keep you updated as this weather passes through the area. We. Are are doing weekend review. We're wrapping things up. We have Veronica Ariola here with us. She is director of UIC's Latinos in Science office, and Deborah Douglas, who is a Chicago-based journalist and Northwestern professor, right here in studio, doing the things, talking about all the stories. So, oh my gosh, we have so much to still get to. So, um, we're let us do now the story that is was overdone this week, and the one that wasn't talked about enough. I think that. Uh, it's hard right now in this world that we're in to even do that category because it seems like everything is an emergency and everything is urgent and everything is flying at us at the speed of light, really. But, um, Deborah, what do you say? What is the story that wasn't talked about enough, and what was the story that was talked about too much? Well, we just got this one this afternoon, but uh, the uh, TIF funds that are being used to uh, renovate 
some portion of Navy Pier. Right. And taken away from the neighborhoods. Um, Alderman Pat Dowell actually is calling for a hearing on this. Um, this is what people in the neighborhoods talk about all the time, that you're not, you know, putting enough of that money that you want to put downtown into the neighborhoods. seems like she's got a great case, especially since this money was earmarked at some right. point to be spent in the neighborhoods. How could you do this? Right. That's a Yeah, that's a good one. I think, I think in the week ahead we're going to hear more about that. Um, Dowell is not one to be quiet about stuff, you know, and like let things go. So mm-hmm. I think like I think that'll that'll stay mm-hmm. hopefully anyway, stay and stay part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Veronica, what about you? What is a story that we have not heard about enough? Um a story we have not heard enough about is um the Trump administration Oh seen- no, we've heard plenty about him now. <laughs> Xing out, out uh, teen pregnancy funds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, that's a good pick. I mean, they've been doing a lot in a lot of different spaces and a lot uh, against women and men and all of us being able to do anything with our bodies, but particularly going after and zeroing out um, teen pregnancy prevention funds is just ridiculous. Um yeah, a friend of mine who works in the city health department says that we are Chicago just had like a record teen pregnancy low mm-hmm. and really relies on those funds, right? To to make those to keep it happen. that way to keep it that and way. And we've seen so many so many areas that have tried to cut that kind of funding mm-hmm. or move to abstinence only or zero education right. or zero support. It doesn't work. It backfires. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember where it was. I want to say it was Missouri or Oklahoma. There was like a record number of teen pregnancies in a very short period yeah. of time after such a fund was cut right that's so. yeah i think that's a really excellent one um and then what about the story that was just everywhere too much that was just you just want like it to go ahead and jump the shark and be done uh deborah what was that story for you okay this is not a serious one that's but okay ed sheeran's cameo and oh, oh my God, yes everyone lost their minds people were so upset i'm like it added nothing to the story but really do we have to be angry on it let's save our anger and for more poor little ed sheeran had to leave twitter yeah oh yes <laughs> i know he gave his kind of heartfelt like like people were defending him people uh-huh. were like dude let ed, let ed sheeran just be ed sheeran right He's okay it was, was quite nice and it was a nice little respite of something loving right <laughs> That's a great pick. That is a great one. Yeah, you're right. Everybody was all over Ed Sheeran on that one. Uh, Veronica, what about you? What is the story that just well, wouldn't die? Well, I mean, Lena Dunham, anytime she's in the news, it just feels like it just takes over the narrative, and I just tune out. So, I mean, like, a couple weeks ago it was about her dog, and now, you know, she's going to be on... Uh, American Horror Story. Dude. And just like... I am so glad that you said that. I'm over... I, I've been over yeah. her since the beginning. Since the start. But I don't... Over her. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not expending more energy to yeah. be over her. I'm and, over... I'm done. Bam. And yet, somehow, it's still... It's like blasphemy to say that. Right. People are like, but... Uh, don't you have her back? Not really. No, no. She doesn't have mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. At all. <laughs> so... She have that dog's back. <laughs> So there's that. Poor little lammy. <laughs> Poor little angel bear. I know. Uh, so, see, this is... And lammy's in a better space. Much better place now, for sure. All right, so in the time that we have left, which is not much, what do you predict for the week ahead? What do you think we're going to see in the news? <laughs> I'm, 
would even explain. predict. I know. See, on, how do you even predict anymore? It's on Guth, just. I know. On Guth and Hupke on politics, we were closing every show with, okay, here's what we think is going to happen politically. And we're like, I just give up. Like, we can't even do it anymore. We it, took that part I out. I feel like half of the absurd things that they say at the end of, wait, wait, tell, don't tell me, happen. <laughs> yeah. Are happening yeah. now. A complete and utter lack of shame. When you think you can't go any lower, yeah. then a new week comes and we go even lower. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it will be. And it'll be another week of people going, what? what? This? Really? Here? This? That? Like another another week of that. Um, I think that we might, I feel like there's another shoe to drop with the uh, with the soda tax uh, issue. I feel like the delay that happened earlier, I think there's some other piece that we're going to see. That's a minor, kind of minor detail in the grand scheme of things, but I feel like there's more to that. So that's my really safe bet. That I'm I gonna hope f- not, because when I... Amy is going to be a guest at a girl summit that I've been part of next week, and so is President Preckwinkle. So hopefully nothing, no shoe falls (laughs) in the president's desk before she has to come meet these girls. Right. If we can just get through Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, Where can people go to find out more about that event? Oh, it is sponsored by the Chicago um, Sister Cities. Um, so Chicago Sister Cities, and there's a tab there about our um, Global Youth Ambassador Summit. Yes. Great, awesome. great event last year. I'm glad to be back again this year. Great, great group of, of ladies from around the world doing cool things. So very cool. So we will see you there on Wednesday. Both of you, thank you so much for coming in on this very rainy night. I hope we don't wash away. We may just have to hang out in the, dream, in the green room will. for a little bit because it's, it's raining very hard. But, again, we're going to keep you up to date as this weather moves through the area.